Matthew 6, verses 5 to 18. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. So that, it, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father, who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Welcome to Cornerstone. And those of you who don't know me, my name's David. I'm just one of the guys here at Cornerstone. So I am a sticker for or a lover of inspirational quotes. I just love these things and fridge magnets. And whenever I go into your house, I'll be maybe looking at your walls to look at the kind of inspirational quotes that keep you going. I read one the other day. It says, the distance between your dreams and reality is discipline. And I thought that was really quite good. Also, one of my great heroes and someone everybody loves is Nelson Mandela. And Nelson Mandela was a cross-country runner in his younger days. And he said this, that running taught me a valuable lesson. He says, in cross-country competitions, training counted more than intrinsic ability. And so Mandela says that he wasn't maybe a great natural runner, but he had discipline and he trained. So here at Cornerstone for the next, uh, today and for the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at spiritual disciplines. That maybe sounds a bit grim and a bit hard, but uh, I think it will be really enjoyable. So today we're looking at prayer, and then next Sunday we're going to look at the Bible and, and how to meditate, and then we're going to look at money or stewardship, how we look after what God has given us in terms of possession, and then finally we're going to look at the Sabbath principle, how it's good to just take a rest and stop the, the machine uh, a little bit. So today is about prayer and just a little dip into fasting because for obvious reasons some of us find prayer even easier perhaps than fasting. But prayer is absolutely essential. A very well-known preacher, a Welsh preacher years ago called Martin Lloyd-Jones said, there is nothing that tells the truth 
uh, about us as Christian people so much as our prayer life. Everything we do in Christian life is easier than prayer. So right at the outset, if you are someone who finds prayer difficult, then you are in good company. We are all together struggling with this whole concept uh, of prayer. So we're all in the same boat. Let, let me just define our terms first of all. What is prayer? It's really simple. Prayer is spending time and talking to God. Love the, the West Wing. Um, really the best box set ever. Don't you wish Bartlett was president? You know, the world would be such a, a safer place. Uh, they've, they've got this line in, in West Wing, whenever um, Bartlett wants to speak to someone confidentially, he'll say, give us the room. So there you've got in the Oval Office, you've got Bartlett together with one or two people. In a sense, that's what prayer's like, is when we have the room with God, we are there, we are spending time, and we are talking to God. It really is uh, quite an extraordinary thing. And in terms of discipline, uh, prayer is something that we're called to do, not just daily as a legalistic requirement, but prayer is something that we've got to do on a regular basis. So we're, we're turning here to the passage, you either have in your Bible in front of you or you've read in the screen, Matthew chapter 6. What a tremendous passage of the Bible it is. Who says it's not relevant? You, you look at verse 6 and, and you see there is someone making a show of doing something religious. Now, can you think of anyone this week who made the show of doing something very religious, a photo op, so that anyone could, could see him? I'm not giving any names away, but it's completely irrelevant here. Matthew chapter 6 says in verse 5, when you pray that you don't do it ostentatiously for everybody to watch. Now, let me uh, place Matthew chapter 6 in context. Um, even those of you who are maybe not you know, familiar with church, you've heard of the Sermon on the Mount. Maybe yes, maybe no. The Sermon on the Mount is a very famous sermon that Jesus gave on a mountain to lots and lots of people. And it's a great sermon because it tells the difference between religion and being Jesus followers. Folk would say to us at Cornerstone, are you religious? Well, I think... If you asked us that, that question, we, we would pause a little bit uh, because I don't think we like being called religious. And, and the Sermon on the Mount really is about the difference between religion and being a Jesus follower. So, you know, Jesus is all about inner things. He says, if you've got hate in your heart, talks about a phrase a lot, in your heart, uh, it's just like committing murder. So he talks about inner changes rather than outer changes. But in Matthew chapter uh, 6, he's, in chapter 5, he's spoken a lot about these inner changes and that righteousness is in the heart. But then in chapter 6, he says, yeah, but although there's inner things, there's also a lot of outer things also. And these come under the, the idea of disciplines. And the wonderful thing is uh, in, in in Matthew 7, 28, it says there, there's a great line that Jesus was amazed 
that he did not speak like the other teachers. And Jesus is amazing. And um, I encourage you all, all of us, to read the Bible and to see what Jesus actually says. And so uh, the big picture there is in, in ver chapter 6, verse 1, Jesus is talking about praying. Just one or two things about prayer then uh, this morning, fairly briefly. As we consider the discipline of prayer, um, the first thing I want to say is is natural. Now, as I says it's natural, I kind of hesitated to put this down as, as one of the points I would raise. Prayer is natural, but that's not to say that it's not difficult. It is difficult. So there's a kind of paradox, but I'll stick to the idea that prayer is, is natural. Um, it's crazy to say that there is no effort in being a Christian. Of course, there's a lot of effort. It takes effort to pray. Although it's natural to speak to our Father, it's also something that we find really, really difficult. But prayer is natural because it's, it's a fundamental act of, of what a Christian is. A Christian is someone who's, who's changed. We, we've gone from darkness to light, from death to life. Our, our whole default settings of our lives have changed. There's a, a change in our spiritual DNA. And so that's why we, we pray uh, at Cornerstone in, during the evening. Some of us have, have been studying a, a book uh, by the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul wasn't always a, a believer uh, or a follower in Jesus as the Messiah. But one of the signs was that he is someone who prays. So we're saying here that prayer is natural. And if we want to cultivate the discipline of prayer, we've got to realize one fundamental thing. And more than anything that I say today, this is important. When we realize that Jesus is our Father, we will pray. If you've got your, your Bibles open in the passage, you see that in verse 6, the word Father is used twice. The word Father is used again in verse 8. It's used again in verse 9. It's used twice again in verse 14. It's used in verse 15. And it's used in verse 18. In fact, in this passage, the word Father is used of God. 10 times. So that's what prayer is. Prayer is an intimate, private conversation with your Father. And our relationship with God and who we see God as is fundamental in how we pray. So if we want to get our discipline right, we've got to go right upstream and ask ourselves, what is our relationship to God. Um, in this chapter, Jesus is sparring with another group of people. Um, the Pharisees, he, he mentions them quite often, do not be like the Pharisees, do not be like the hypocrites. The Pharisees were religious people, and they had turned God into a tyrant. When I was, a, I, I used to be a real minister back in the day, and uh, when I did a school assembly with someone and uh, my co-presenter was one of the parents who was drafted in and she 
said to the kids one, I want you all to draw a picture of God. And um, you know that song, There May Be Trouble Ahead. That's kind of what went in my, my mind, because how can you draw a picture of God? And, you know, a lot of kids drew kind of monster characters. Is that your idea of God? Is God a, a tyrant? Yeah, that's the devil's presentation of God. There's a part in the Bible in, in Genesis that talks about everything went wrong in the world. We call that the fall. Um, Satan said to Adam and Eve, did God really say that you've not to take the fruit? And the subtext is God's heavy, God's a tyrant. God's out to get you, watch out for him. Uh, he's, he's, he's going to smash you, he's watching for you. He's like one of those folk just now who are twitching the curtains, watching their neighbors uh, breaking the COVID rules. That's not what God's like. We've got this idea here that God is our father. And if God is our father, our prayer life will reflect that. The passage also speaks of um, reward, isn't it? You see that in verse 6, verse 16, and verse 18. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Well, the reward is actually God himself. We will be rewarded with God. Outward, formal prayer has no reward. But if God is our father, it is natural to speak to him. We speak to him freely. We speak to him as one that we can come to it at any time with all our problems. So that also raises an issue about, about Christianity. For, for those of you who are listening, some of you will kind of got this. Others of you will be really just wondering about Christianity. What is Christianity? It's not a get-out-of-jail-free card. A lot of folk have that minimalist view of becoming a Christian. You know, it's getting right with God. It's been right with God. It is that, absolutely. But it's so much more. It's to have a relationship with God as a father. Discipline and devotion are twins. If you love something or someone, then discipline is so much easier. Said of work that someone who enjoys their work will never work again. The idea there is that work is so enjoyable that you just have this sense of, it's not like putting a hard days and you just enjoy it so much. So that's the first thing about prayer. It's natural if we've got a relationship with God right, if we view him not as a tyrant, but as a father whom we can come to and we can have that relationship with. So discipline then is natural. The second thing I want us to notice in the passage is that discipline with God is private. Now, that's true of both prayer in, in this passage and also fasting. They're, they're both things that are done private. Yet, yeah, of course, there is public prayer. Jesus is not saying that public prayer is, is wrong, but he's saying that the essence of prayer, the, the real work of prayer, is something that's private. So verse 6, 
when you pray, that shows the natural thing, when you pray, go into your room and close the door. It's the same with fasting, verse 17 and verse 18. When you fast, do it in private. When you fast, you put up your makeup, um, gender appropriately, of course. You put up your, your makeup and you just, you don't make a big show of it. Um, you know, you don't look as if you're going through something that's, that's, that's difficult. Don't go around with a glum face. Now, in the Bible here, in, in the passage of Matthew chapter 6, notice the two men. In, in verse 5, it says, one man was in the synagogue and the other one was in the room. One had an audience of many, the other one had an audience of one. And so it's private. You're in the room with your father. I uh, like watching meaningless films. So last night I watched Ocean's Eleven, and our Ocean Eleven, uh, my colleague Neil, he, he watches these Swedish you know, philosophical films. He's very philosophical. I'm, I'm empty-headed. So there's a passage, a bit in Ocean Eleven, when uh, the, the, the hero, um, Ocean, is taken into this room and he's being beaten up. I wouldn't spoil it. But he's taken into a room because there's no cameras and nobody can see. He's, he's in a, a casino. Nobody can see what's going on. That's the thing about going into a room with nobody there. Nobody sees. It's just you and God. There's an audience of one. John Stott, he's a, he's a commentator on the Bible, says that the Greek word for room here is the same word that's used with a storeroom with treasure. So you're in a room alone with God and you're there to really enjoy him. It's private. You can say anything to him. There's no judgment, there's no condemnation, there's you and God honestly talking. And that is, that's private. That is a marvelous, marvelous place to be. And the wonderful thing is that prayer, because it's private, nobody can stop you doing it. Um, you can pray in many ways. You can have a classic prayer time. You put a, aside a, a fixed time during the day to pray. That's a good thing. That is a good discipline. You can pray on your own in your bed. You can pray in a quiet walk. You can pray in tears on your pillow. Sometimes prayers are articulate. Sometimes they're groans. But the essence of prayer is just a private time with God. Seek privacy and close the door. And so prayer is natural. Prayer is private. But prayer also, if we get the discipline of prayer, is also something that's done in faith. If you look at verse 7, um, it says this, When you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Now, the pagans had, had many gods and they used to kind of hedge their bets. They used to talk to all these gods and they would go on and on and on and on. With prayer, it's not quantity. With prayer, it's quality. Less is more. He hears us. 
We don't need to badger him. We don't need to just keep on going on and on and on. Less is more. Our Father knows what we need. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And coming to a Father who knows our needs is really quite a wonderful thing. Let me you know, let you into a little secret here. Those of you who are children, parents love giving things to their children. There is something within a parent that delights, that they feel free enough to ask, that they feel free enough to approach a parent and ask for something. And that's the wonderful thing about prayer. The main beneficiary of prayer is, is us. It does us more good. Prayer is not there to feed the ego of God. God has no ego. He, he does not need us. But yet he loves to hear us speak. And, and in the lockdown just now, it's wonderful, isn't it, when you're able to talk to, to your children. Some of us have not seen some of our families for a long time, uh, apart from on Zoom or apart from on a screen. And that shows us that it's so good. Now, of course, there are mysteries in prayer. I, I don't have all the answers. We don't have all the answers. If God knows what we need, why do we pray in the first place? That's an element of mystery. But we do know that he loves to hear his children. And so prayer is something that we find it's a natural thing to do. Prayer is something that we do. It's done in faith. And prayer is also something that's structured. There's a, a structure there. Now, remember that prayer, although it's structured, it doesn't need to be fancy. Um, some of the best prayers in the Bible have been really short. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. I believe. Help my unbelief. Remember me when you come into paradise. Even so, come Lord Jesus. These are really short prayers. But there's a structure in prayer. And we've got an example there, and uh, it's one of the best examples of all, the Lord's Prayer. And you see the structure there. The Lord's Prayer is split into two. That you know, The first three petitions are focusing on God. The last three are focusing on us. Prayer. Let me just conclude this. Our 21 minutes have gone since I started talking. Let me just conclude it and encourage all of us to pursue the discipline of prayer. Not just from some sort of empty religious ritual, but that we would just begin to really enjoy time with God. Cornerstone's a church where we, I'm not saying we're trying to create a culture, we're not trying to create a culture, but I suppose that one of the things that, that we want to do is we want to have a, a sense of joy yeah. when we come together, even virtually and certainly when we come together physically. And that joy, if we look upstream, comes in our joy in God. And if we enjoy God, we will meet with him and we will pursue that discipline of prayer. So 
in this, the first day of the week, have a great week. And please, let's enjoy God together and let's speak to him on a regular basis. Make an appointment with God every day. And as we do that, it'll become a habit, a good habit. May we know God and may we enjoy him forever. Bless you. Thank you.